I mean, that's how you kick off a show right there, CP. John Fogarty. Little center field. Put me in, coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the new guy on the show. You know, Patrick Ali and Chris Pizzoli have been hosting this thing for a long time, and now I finally get, you know, my day in the sun. I get to be on the show and sort of square off with you, Mr. Pizzoli. Yeah, well. How you feeling it. about that? Are you ready? Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about your album today on the show, too. I think it's interesting. If you want to you drive the uh, the listeners away, then be no, my no. guest. Let's get them back. Brandon Curry's on the show this week, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hey. Mr. Curry, how are you? Good. How are you guys? It's good. It's good to see you, and I'm glad you could make it in, and a lot happening in the world of real estate and mortgages. We're going to cover it all this week, and uh, another exciting show. Looking forward to it. Tell us about what's been going on with business. Here we are in February of uh, 2019, and you're, you, what I like about you is you're kind of all over the place. You know, you don't really specialize in just one area, although you've got your little specialties that you do, but... You, you're, you're a traveling man. You're looking at what's going on in every city across this metro Detroit area. A house is a house, and I'll sell it no matter where it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, inventory is super low. It's great. I've sold all the way up in Traverse City, um, west coast, east coast of Michigan. Um, doesn't matter where the home is. It's all kind of the same process. You do need to do some research on the area to be well-informed, but it's the right. same kind of rinse and repeat. What do you think is going on with low inventory? I mean, is it just everybody's waiting to list their house in the spring? Is that the kind of the story that we've seen, you know, in years past, or is there something different going on this year? I think that's what we're seeing still. Um, but everything that comes on the market sells really quickly. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy to be listing homes. Um, I just had one in Ferndale, which is always hot. Um, sold in three days for full asking price, and we set a record on it for price per square foot in the area. It's a first. Whoa. Home ever in Ferndale to sell for over four hundred grand under two thousand square feet. Yikes! So the sales mm. are there, and it sold in three days. It appraised, um, but there's just not much on the market. Yeah, yeah. They, you, you brought it up. You just said it, but it feels like we've been saying that for a really long time. Yeah. Low inventory. Low inventory. It seems strange. I don't know. Well, it's not fun for my sellers that we're looking for houses. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. We're, we're having to revisit some some pretty spooky homes, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's just not much out there, and I can't say I don't know why, but we use it as a positive in any way that we get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, interesting areas, I think, that have always held up that, you know, you sort of, um, you know, focus on Birmingham, Pleasant Ridge, Ferndale, Bloomfield. I mean, those, you know, they're always pretty good in terms of, like, resale values and things like that. Any surprises that you've seen in those areas, anything in particular Something rising, something that's maybe not what it was in the past, or you know, any kind of insight for the listeners. Not so much. Pleasant Ridge is more of a, I won't say stale community, yeah. but it's more of a secluded community where it's always a constant. Things don't come on the market that often. When they're priced right, they sell. People yeah. are waiting for them. Hmm. Uh, Ferndale is going up, up, up. Um, very happy about that. Northwest Ferndale, especially, is pretty hard to get into. Okay. Uh, hmm. Birmingham, no surprises there. A lot of new construction. Um, the only surprise I'll see is when people try and demand a higher dollar amount for homes that are kind of off the beaten path. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's not much more land in Birmingham for people to tear down homes and build these giant, beautiful mansions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's still a hot area. Yeah. No doubt about that. What, you know, just a question about, you know, sort of this whole, um, we have so many consumers that we talk to that utilize Zillow to try and figure out their value. What do you tell people about that? I think it's always an interesting subject about, you know, how, because Zillow's become a household name now for real estate. 
I think Zillow is a great tool. I think that it's great for people to get out there and find homes. I think it's very user friendly. The search options, awesome. Um, I recommend to all my clients to use Zillow and then just let me know if there are any listings that they find that they like. Um, you know, sometimes we'll see errors on is it actually listed or not. Um, the Zestimate is sometimes pretty close, sometimes couldn't be further away from the <laughs> truth. So, high or low more? Like for, for our listeners, is it is somebody looks at their Zestimate on, on Zillow and it says, hey, your house is worth $187,500. Is that typically higher or lower than the real value? Or is there is there no pattern? Uh, if I had to throw a dart, I'd say probably usually higher, okay. which is a good thing. It gets yeah. people thinking about selling, considering yeah. selling, yeah, wanting yeah. their house to sell for more. Um, I always love it when I find a home that was listed because someone went with his estimate yep. and it's too high mm-hmm. and it sits on the market for a while and price drop and price drop. And then I can really have my buyers come in and get an awesome deal at the end of the day. Right. Hmm. It's funny. I would have said lower. But you would? Yeah, I would have. Yeah, I would have thought it was it was lower. But yeah. and I've heard de- it all over the board. Yeah. It probably depends on where it is, too. I probably just looked at my own house and I'm like, are you kidding me? That's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Never selling. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about uh, some of your new ventures here, because a lot of our listeners probably don't know what REO is, uh, real estate-owned properties. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you're diving into with that. Well, just kind of getting into it, but uh, we're picking up a pretty big account possibly with REO, real estate-owned properties, government foreclosures. Mm. Um, That'll be something that we don't see too often anymore. There used to be a ton. There aren't very very many around anymore. but they are out there, and they are good deals if you can get them. Yeah, but that, and, and a lot of folks are into that, and I wanted to get into flipping a little bit as well and talk about flipping because you you hear, I mean, I see a lot more ads today than I maybe did 10 years ago about, hey, you know, do you want to sell your home? We'll buy for cash. I mean, there's more and more guys out there doing that. T- take us through the landscape of what's going on with that because everybody wants a deal. Everybody wants to feel like that they can get a deal, maybe find something that was – you know, somebody left behind and they could spruce up and put some money into. And I think we all have the secret fascination with being a fixer upper person, even though we're not, you know, t- tell us about what's going on with the landscape in terms of flips and sort of uh, buying a house low and, and improving it. So when you buy a house low, you really got to be careful of what you're looking at. You want to make sure you do a thorough inspection. It's low for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, it either sat on the market for a while and just went down in price, but Usually buyers are interested, and there's another reason holding, holding them back from buying the house um, besides just the price. So you, you really want to be careful with um, hidden traps that are in that home. It's not just kind of perfume on a pig with new tile, sanding <laughs> down the floors mm. and paint. Um, you see those flips all day long, and they don't really have a good resale value. Buyers mm. can kind of see through that stuff. So um, deals are out there. You have to look. Um, it's great to flip a house. It's great to get equity out of it. Um, I would say if that's what you're looking for, um, make sure you do a thorough restoration on the house. Mm-hmm. Check plumbing, check electrical. Um, make sure that you know they're the foundation solid. Good things for the backbone of the house. Yeah. Do you think in that world that it, it makes more sense to stick with an area that is very established, like some of the ones that we've talked about where you're going to spend more money on your flip, right? You're going to put a, a larger priced house that you may potentially try to fix up and or flip or even knock down. Or, you know, we hear like, oh, Hazel Park, you know, Hazel Park's going to be the next area. 
um, you know, do you think it makes more sense to go to something like the next up and coming or stick to something that's already established? My advice is always stick to what you know. Stick to an area that you know. Stick to an area that you're comfortable with, yeah. that you kind of understand what the sales are like, what the houses are like. Um, by f- following what you know, it it mitigates the chance of losing money on the home, and it kind of gives you more money in your pocket and mm-hmm. less of a gamble. Um, yeah, if you could put money into Hazel Park and do a whole block and sit on it for a while, absolutely. But if that market never turns, right, you're out a lot of money with a really nice block on your hands. <laughs> what What have you seen in terms of what's gone on in Detroit and how it's impacted the real estate around it? I mean, there's obviously been a lot of momentum that's been picked up. You know, downtown people are more interested in it than ever in my lifetime, and not just living there, but going down there. How's that impacted the real estate? You know, maybe not. In Detroit, but around, you know, the gross points, the other folks that, like, maybe want to get closer to downtown because they want to do more activities. Have you seen much of that? Or, like, what are you seeing in terms of how Detroit has impacted real estate in general in Metro Detroit, the, the revitalization? So uh, Detroit's kind of twofold for me. When the city started going into its boom about two years ago, I had a lot of clients that wanted to move down there. Appraisal values weren't coming in. People understood it. They were paying a premium for their home. And the city in the outskirts... Now I'm having a lot of those clients call me back and want to sell their house just because the city life didn't live up to what their expectations hmm, were. Interesting. Yeah. Um, they, they were kind of blinded by the allure of getting into the city, but the realization of the, the life down there has changed their mind. Hmm. So I feel like a lot of people are moving out of the city a little bit. It didn't live up to its promise, unfortunately. I think that other surrounding areas have seen an increase in sales now because of it. Um, Ferndale, for example, yeah, is kind I of... Was, I was just thinking that. It, yeah. It's a more approachable area to get in. You get a lot more bang for your buck. You're mm-hmm. close to downtown. Yep. Um, it's a nice younger community. Gross Point, obviously, has seen an increase in sales because of Detroit as well. Mm-hmm. People buy, being able to buy in there and be more comfortable with their home in their area. Yeah, hmm. and it's, it's close. I mean, you know... You, you mean, yeah. I, I actually had a client who, um, relocation, going to be working in Brighton, and uh, they decide they want to buy in Gross Point, which is a long way from Brighton. Yeah. But one of their, their driving factors is we want to be close to the city. We're excited about what's going on there. And, you know, I I kind of gave them the same advice you said is like that that could wear off, you know, and that that our drive every day isn't great. You know, I mean, that's not something that I would want, but. You know, teach their own and everybody. But I thought it was interesting reasoning of why they wanted to be, which was in effect an hour on a commute. You know, that's that's a tough that's a tough ride. And I don't try to talk myself out of sales, but I think it's a good idea for someone in that position to maybe rent for a year or two, see how they like the city, wait for prices to come down a little bit, and then be able to put their money into the city if that's what they like. Yeah, it is an interesting proposition, and it's uh, it's it's been great for the area in general. I mean, a lot of activity going on down there, but. Uh, to your point, you know, there's the flood of people kind of that headed down there. And, uh, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on now, but uh, it's um, it's just an interesting dynamic, I think, overall for the real estate market. Uh, in terms of like you out kind of in the Rochester area, how yep. does that how's that impacting you at all? Or does it or you get downtown a lot or what? You know, do you utilize the. Yeah, we get downtown a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I spent a lot, a lot of years in the city. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm just uh, familiar with it and we've got spots we like to go to and things we like to do. So, um, you know, I don't know that it's affected the, the, the sales in Rochester. You know, my area is kind of interesting in that 
I'm a, I'm a bit of a snob about it, right? Like if you're in town. About everything. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that later. Right. If you're in town and you're within walking distance and you're right in the in the area, you know, that's of what downtown I, Rochester. Yeah, that's yeah. what I consider Rochester. Yep. I mean, there's yep. a lot yep. of other people in Rochester. You know, you're kind of <laughs> just, you know. Attention, Rochester yeah. residents. If yeah. you have a Rochester address, you maybe don't live in Rochester, according <laughs> to Pozzoli. Well, you just, yeah, you're just, you know, you're, you're in You're on the, the periphery. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. <laughs> Um, but I was actually thinking of Rochester when I asked that question earlier about the flips, because I know the ones right in town, you know, I, I see them going on all the time and I, I feel like people do pretty well with them. And it's kind of always rattling around in the back of my head. Like, well, you why got, am I not doing yeah, you anything? Got the, you got, got the, the thing going. Yeah. There. So there wait, you, you, you're talking about doing an actual flip in downtown Rochester. Just, I always am looking at all the properties, right? Just yeah. as, in my ride in, in my little, you know, I take different little routes through the neighborhood, right. you know, when I'm coming to work or coming home, cause I'm always looking to see is what's up. Is there yeah. something new? Is there someone, you know, doing a renovation or what's going on type thing? So, um, and they always do well. They always do well. So. Yeah. It seems like that. I mean, a downtown Birmingham or a downtown Rochester flip, I'm not going to say you can't lose because you could certainly outspend yeah. what you can make. But, I mean, there, there's where the value is. I mean, the walking distance. Do you still find that a lot, that people like that walking distance? A- absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and in, in regards to flips, it's all an equation. It's what you pick the house up for. You could right. pick up. A very unattractive house in an area that's not very sought after. But if you did a good flip on it, then absolutely. You know, it's not so much where you are, but it's what you can get that house for. Okay. It's true. So I got a little rapid fire for you today. Okay. Okay. So, you know, just three or four questions where we get into the rapid fire. Action. Okay. Top mistakes that you see first-time homebuyers making when they go out and they purchase. In other words, you know, maybe before you get to them, you know, so you can give them the advice or maybe they – got to you from another agent, or even maybe they bought their first home and now you're going to help them list it. Like, what kind of mistakes are first-time homebuyers making as it relates to getting prepared? Because that's a big – we get calls all the time from people that they don't know where to start. They're not sure, you know, what the first step is, which, you know, was really calling to get the financing. But what kind of mistakes are you seeing them make? Well, obviously not using me as an agent. That's mm. that's a giant mm. red flag That'd be right numero there. uno. Yeah, yeah, numero right. uno. Yeah. Uh, number two is – and it's not so much the, the fault of the buyer, but it's not being informed of the process of what to expect, what's coming up. Right. Um, how does it work with the mortgage? How does it work with appraisals? How do you look at houses? How do you submit an offer? And what if something goes wrong in the inspection? And I feel, you know, first time home buyers, they're one of my favorite people to work with because everything's so exciting. Yep. But at the same time, every little thing that could go wrong is a giant red flag of yeah. running away from the home um you know when they, they in real in reality it's not so much of a deal so i would say to be well informed know the market look around i write um i actually have sellers and buyers guidebooks that i wrote for um my clients when it comes time to selling or buying a house because there's nothing like that out there and it's nice to be able to reference and to go through and look hmm. and kind of how can people get one of those yeah use me as an agent okay yeah. so you wow. just you you've got them for everybody yeah absolutely okay, it gotcha. comes, comes part of the published the, published no 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 oh, one okay. would no one would publish me <laughs> <laughs> but bound very yeah. nice bound okay. yeah, yeah not bound. published yeah, but bound bound that's like, like that. half the step and oh, proofread yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> bound is just as good not handwritten how about sellers in this market what kind of mistakes are sellers making you know generally just what you see out there in the market two big mistakes i see with all kinds of sellers are and it's not what agent you use so much but it's it's what you're pricing your house at you know people 
it's human nature to think that if you price your house high, you'll at least get kind of a low ball offer and be able to work with that. But unfortunately, that's when people aren't interested in your house and you have to price drop and price drop and price drop. And then you sit on the market for a while and you're stale and that's when you can really kind of get a deal. So that's that's mm. a big one is making sure you find the right sweet spot of price where the house will sell for fair market value or over, possibly even get a bidding war. Um, number two, and I see it all the time, is not having your house ready to sell. Mm. You know, trying to jump in because of the market or jump in because you think that the house is ready to sell. Um, but there are a lot of things out there, and this is one of the things I do for my clients, one of the services is I go through and I paint and I power wash the house and I stage the home. And it's just little things that make such a tremendous difference Big in difference. hitting the ground running. And, you know, I'm in uh, Ferndale right now this week uh, with a client. He was with another agent, had it listed for a month. No action on the home or no offers, tons of showings. Um wanted to consider me as an agent we're going through and the ceiling was kind of sagging and the paint was kind of dirty in spots so we're putting a new shiplap ceiling up and in the sunroom and we're painting the walls and when it hits the market next week it's going to sell in a week are those the That's biggest great. things you see paint just you know the, the little finishing touch things, the or e- are there other ones they're the easiest to correct you know okay. as opposed to and there, there's there's definitely a, a a line you don't want to cross with doing a whole home renovation before doing it you know right uh refinishing floors is a big thing that Mm. is a big expense that i don't know if you always get your money out of um you don't want to redo a kitchen necessarily but tile backsplashes are easy and cheap to do Mm. um you know Mm. new knobs on your uh kitchen cabinets make a big difference for cheap um, just epoxying the basement floor makes it more right. livable and less scary. They're just yeah. easy, simple things that don't cost a lot of money. They don't take a lot of time to do, and I think that that's kind of how you hit the ground running to sell for more money quicker. I get to travel around a little bit, and when I do, I always call on listing signs to look at homes. I find the whole thing fascinating. How fast will the agent call me back? Can they meet mm-hmm. me that day, or do they make me wait a few days, and so on and so forth. So anyway, it's a good story out of this. I went and I looked at this home about, I don't know, it was about three, four weeks ago. And I thought it was so interesting that what the listing agent had put in the home, because this was kind of an outdated home. It was going to need some work. They had they had already written out sort of so you could visualize it a little bit of like what they thought the strengths of the house were and what were the things that they thought needed to be fixed. And I just hmm. found that very refreshing because instead of me saying, how old's the roof? And can this wall come down? And, but, you know, all the things that people say if they're going to buy an older home, they kind of laid it out for you a little bit. And I thought it made the visual. Have you ever seen that before? Because I had never seen that where the agent literally said it's a 22-year-old roof that's going to have to be replaced. You know, those kind of things where usually they're not as forthcoming because they don't want you to think about all the expenses. But if you really are going to buy, it's questions you're going to ask anyway. And I like to see it. It's there's a fine line you want to cross with pointing out everything old. Yeah. Not because you, you don't. Well, want to this be house honest, was old. You <laughs> didn't have to know a lot to know that this house was old. I mean, this but I think was it's a, a great thing. Upper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. It was very interesting though. I'd never seen. It. Have you ever heard of an agents doing that before? I hadn't seen that. This was in Florida. No, it's. Um, usually, you see, you know, decadent molding, and then there's, you know rat holes all over the molding where they just chew it you know it's a, yeah. it's usually kind of just kind of over promising and under delivering so i like that approach yeah. i think it's nice i think it's honest and people know what they're getting into well you know? I, and the reason i asked you is you have an extremely transparent approach with the things that you do and for people that don't know 
Brandon, he's the kind of guy which it's it's like total over delivery from a real estate agent from the standpoint that he talks to people about we definitely need to paint this and they're like, Oh, well, I don't know how I'm gonna do that. And he said, I'll do it for you. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's like very much value added the things that you get in there and do for folks. Um, because to your point, I think that the biggest thing in, in terms of extending that conversation, it's all about like how do you set up the home so people could visualize themselves living there versus all your junk that's in there that you think is great that nobody else thinks is great. Right. I mean, that's got to be a big mistake from a lot of It's sellers. hard for a lot of people to see over that as well, you know? Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. I mean, it's uh, it's not... It's always a. It's got to be a delicate balance to have some of those conversations. Do you ever get any feedback from people that are, they're like, "Well, my stuff's great, you know. I, why do I need to move this stuff out of here?" I'm sure you've had those conversations. Sure, and my my answer is always the same. We don't have to. It's my recommendation. You know, we're just trying to minimize red flags. We want people to come in and be able to visualize their own stuff in here. A nice flow. Mm-hmm. It's great to have furniture um, in the home, but it has to make sense. And it, you know, we don't want 90 chairs at, at the dining room table. Um, and books and corners and stuff like that. Clean it up, and it kind of shows the buyer how the seller lives. Yeah. And, you know, if a seller takes care of their house, a buyer's going to be more comfortable putting in an offer in on that house and more comfortable living in the house. Yeah. yeah. Chris and I talked to a lot of agents who have been talking about the snow and how slow that has created, yep. you know, buyers. I mean, I don't know yeah. if you want to comment on no, that. No, well, it's just, you know, it's. I think it's, a, it's certainly a common go-to, which is, you know, well, business right around the corner. We're picking up, you know, we were we were gaining a bunch of momentum and then the weather hit and that really kind of put a put a damper on us. And you know, do you see that? Do you feel that? Is it is it real or is it? I think the thing that David and I always question is, is that real or is this guy just giving us a line of shit? I mean, you know, that, that's really what, I, what that, that's what goes through my head. I mean, no, nobody wants to go out in the snow and the weather and the polar vortex. That's not fun for everyone. I love it because we were going out and seeing homes um, when no one else was. Yeah. It right. gives you, you know, when, when things hit the market, if they're priced right, they'll sell quickly. Yeah. And, the, you know, if you take the opportunity to do something that other agents aren't willing to do, yeah. even if it's tossing on a pair of socks and snow boots and seeing a house when it got listed and, sub-zero temperature, great. You know, you're beating out so much competition that way and seeing it. So I think I, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. I, I say bring it on. I'm ready for a hurricane next week, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> bring yep. in something big. Yeah. Yep. What's your crystal ball telling you for, you know, 2019 for real estate, you know, for Michiganders? Buy, sell, same. You know, it. it, it it's telling me that things will always kind of go up and down. Just have fun with it. If it's right for you to move, move, you know, whenever that time is. Right. Um, you know, we can't see what the market's going to be. But if it continues in this or around this, I think that's a great place to be for, for everyone in Michigan. Yeah. No, yeah. I hear you. You feel like it's sort of a fair market right now, kind of that neutral market that we've been elusive, neutral market that, you know, that we haven't seen in a while? I love it. Yeah, the the, the market hasn't been like this. Uh, you know, it, it has for the last few years. But um, apart from that, no, I I love where we're at right now, and I think that this is kind of the sweet spot of buying and selling and being able to get buyers a fair deal and mm-hmm. get sellers a fair deal as well. It's kind of a, an equal scale yeah. between the two. Last summer was so crazy in terms of it being a seller's market. You know, with right ten twenty offers on homes. You sure. know, it just got insane. You anticipate that again? I mean, I thought that was really unusual. I hope so. Yeah. I don't. I don't anticipate it. I think I got twenty-three offers on a property that I listed. Wow. wow. For fair market value was the listing price, so was, we weren't underselling it. But 
Hmm. I can't imagine I'll ever have that number again. Yeah. But I'd like to. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Right. Well, it seems like the you know from the lack of buyers in this winter it could be pent up and they could be coming out this spring. I mean, that's what it feels like. And right. we've got a lot of people calling in to get pre-approved that just hasn't haven't made a move yet. Yep. So yep. it'll be interesting to see. All right, before we go, we got a we got a little uh, we got a plug here. <laughs> You want to talk about this a little bit, CP? No, or Brandon, actually, you see this album cover that I've got here in my hands? I mean, this is very unusual, don't you think? I think everyone goes home with an autographed copy today, right? Don't you think? Ah, so yes. the, the Proud Naturals, which is uh, a band that my friend Chris Pizzoli is uh, in and, and actually spearheads. I'm looking at the some of the tracks. There's a new album that's being released this month from the Proud Naturals, which yes. is kind of your side gig. Yeah, yeah, it's my side hustle. Side hustle yeah, is that yeah. what you call it? Yeah, that's what you call and it. And where do you guys practice? You guys practice out of garage? You guys practice in a in a in some kind of a, a hall? Where do, where do you guys do all your practicing? Uh, a hall. Uh-huh. No, what we have is uh, <laughs> I have a uh, I have a loft above my garage. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, again, when you were talking earlier, Brandon, I was thinking like, you know, God, if I was selling my house, would I have to move all that stuff out? I mean, right, exactly. I, I was. What was going through my head is like. This stuff's cool. I'm not moving this. I mean, yeah. someone's gonna think this is awesome. Um, that's where the fellas get together. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, the it's garage. the loft above the garage. Yes, it's a little studio slash uh, practice area. Okay, and so it looks like here you you wrote a number of these songs here. Yeah, most One, correct. Two, three, uh, you know, four. we, we it's got a, twelve songs on the album. Yeah, looks like you wrote ten of them. It's a collaborative. Uh, Doesn't effort. look real collaborative. It looks like the other guys aren't pulling their weight. <laughs> no, no, no. Should we have them that. on the show and talk to them about what's going on with that? Well, they may differ. Yeah, they uh, may. You know. So we got a kid. You see this, Jess? Got a yeah. We got a kid with sunglasses on and headphones with a T-shirt that says that's a pretty cool picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that marketing, Brandon? Pretty good. I, th- I think you could sell some houses. You could sell some houses. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Proud yeah, that's true. Better than a few people I know. So there's a big gig <laughs> coming out. When when it's uh, this Saturday? Saturday, yeah, yeah. Saturday we're gonna night. go ahead and actually unleash that uh, that album that you're holding right yeah. there. Yeah, where uh, and where's that going to be? That's going to be uh, right in uh, Ferndale. Oh yeah. As we're talking at uh, Otis Supply. Yep. Fine uh, restaurant. Otis Supply. Yep. Okay. Yep, good. Yep. Right good, there. Uh, really, the... really good restaurant and uh, music kind of facility. Nice. Within the, the confines of. Big Cozy cr- Ferndale. Big crowd you're expecting there? Uh, yeah, I would imagine. Okay, yeah. line out yeah. the door maybe? Yeah, you know, it could be sold out. I don't know. i got to check. We'll see what happens with that. So anyway, just a little plug for the, yeah, uh, nice the new album. Yeah, yeah, no, I wanted to talk about it. So, Brandon, what's uh, what's up on your uh, agenda today before we let you go? We want to hear the day in the life of a real estate agent. Uh, let's see. More painting. Uh, installed a sliding bathroom door for a client that I have to touch up today. Um, and then back to doing uh, a ceiling in that Ferndale house. Oh, okay. Wow. Got yeah. it. Uh-huh. It's a lot of work. A lot of work. A lot but of it work. always pays off. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to hear. And if you're interested in talking to uh, Mr. Curry, you want to give out your maybe a uh, phone number, a website, and email address so that folks can get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. Yeah. It is 313-303-7263. And that's B Curry, C-U-R-R-Y at skbk.com. There you go. Great. Brandon Curry, thanks for coming in on the podcast thanks, this guys. morning. Really appreciate it. Yeah, fine time. Chris Pizzoli, really enjoyed it. You know, he and I thanks are still warming up to each other as co-hosts. This is a new thing for us. It's very new. Not know. bad, though. No, no. Jess, thanks for everything. No Silence behind the scenes. She just <laughs> takes care of it quietly. For everybody here on the show, we'll talk to you next week. And uh, call Brandon Curry if you've got any real estate needs. He'll get it done.